The Sydney Opera House honours our First Nations by fostering a shared sense of belonging for all Australians. And we acknowledge the Gadigal, traditional custodians of Tubagale, the land on which the Opera House stands. Take care of your artists. They are the one who showed you that what is your truly feeling. They are the one who show you the way. They are the one that show you and remind you that what is life about. Hey, I'm Courtney Ammenhauser and this is Up Next, your ticket to the most exciting artists and performers coming through the Sydney Opera House doors. Some check, some check. One. Join me backstage as we chat to a spectacular lineup of artists who are making waves on one of the most iconic stages in the world. Together we'll uncover who's up next and how this moment in time is transforming the next 50 years of arts and culture. Our pronouns in Persian language doesn't have any gender differences. So your lover could be a he or she or whatever form of gorgeousness you desire. Dori Dari, a poetic crash course in the language of love, has been a hit ever since its first show at Sydney's PYT Fairfield. Inspired by the tradition of private recitals and curtain shows performed all through the Persian-speaking world, Dori Dari combines thousand-year traditions with personal story, singing, joyous dancing and sumptuous video imagery, where guests appear on video calls from Afghanistan, Iran and Canada. I spoke with Marty Mohammadi, cinema and theatre director, co-divisor and performer in Dori Dari. We spoke ahead of the show's season at the Sydney Opera House in September 2022. We spoke about his journey into the world of arts from Afghanistan to Australia, his award-winning Papyrus Theatre Group back in Afghanistan, and the biggest lie he ever told his dad. Thank you for being here today. Thank you for having me. What was it about theatre and performing that made you think, I want to do that? Well, uh, when I was a child in Afghanistan, uh, I used to watch a lot of movies and I was a big fan of, you know, being an actor. While growing up in Afghanistan, I saw and I noticed a lot of problems with women in Afghanistan and especially my mother. I saw how she was treated in our family and all other women in Afghanistan, especially the violence against women in Afghanistan was really big issue. And I always wanted to do something for them. So before going to university, I was uh, thinking that which subject is the best for me to study to reach my goal and help the women of Afghanistan. And I did a lot of research and I found out that people of Afghanistan, they really love art and especially acting, movies, theater, you know. That's when I exactly decided to be an artist and to, you know, this is going to be my life passion and I just going to be an artist, an actor, and I will do anything I can to help the women of my country. You mentioned that it was a problem for your family. What, did they have other plans or hopes or um, things that you would follow? Of course, like, like uh, all other families, like my, former, my father was really a religious person and he always wanted me to be a doctor or engineer or, uh, you know, something, <laughs> uh, as he says always, uh, something better. Sure. But uh, I had to lie to my father. Oh. When you go to university, so before university, they take an exam from you and you have 10 choices. For me, art was my second choice. And the first one was to be a doctor. And I knew definitely that I'm not going to get that. I told my father that art was my 10th choice, my last choice. So, 
and I got it. And this is the only subject that I can <laughs> study. So now there is no other way. And my father was like, I don't like art. And I said, you know, look, father, I can't just waste one uh, another one year to wait to become a doctor or something. Just let me do it and let's see what will happen. And my father said, okay. And that was, the I think, the biggest lie that I told to my father. <laughs> Revealing all on this podcast today. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you went on to study theatre in Afghanistan and you were part of this amazing award-winning theatre group there. Yeah. It was called Papyrus Theatre. Can you tell me about how it came to life, how it began? I was in the second year of uh, university. Then I met this amazing uh, woman. She was an actress too, Tahira Hashimi and her two sisters, Baron Hashimi and Mahdia Hashimi. And we had a lot of chats and we then we found out that we all think in the same way and like helping women in Afghanistan. And we decided to published this theater group, Papyrus Theater Group. In the seventh national festival of theater in Afghanistan, we performed a performance which the name was The Wall, and it was about all the problem for Afghan women. And we won the first prize for that uh, performance. Uh, after that, we decided to ask for some funding and work with the NGOs, Western people, and we tried to show the women of Afghanistan their rights and you know, I've got to say this because I was the only man in our group. All other was just women. Sometimes I had to go to the family and say like, hi, I'm from this NGO and I, we would love to take your wife or your daughter for a picnic. And <laughs> and we gotta pay, and we're gonna pay you as well, and because they don't have any problem with going for a picnic, and they, you know, especially when you pay them as well. Mm-hmm. And then after that, we take uh, the woman to the theater salon and show them the performance and talk about their rights, and which a lot of problem came after the show. <laughs> <laughs> What kind of problems came? Well, the uh, you know, the men of the family would come to us like, did you really take my wife to a picnic? Because since they're back from that day, they're talking about their rights. They're talking about <laughs> all other stuff, which is weird. And I, I'm, I'm not sure if he really took them to for a picnic in the park. Like, yeah, we did that. I don't know. Maybe she saw in the TV or some other things. <laughs> and uh, that was good. At least we made them to stand for their rights. Yeah, Absolutely. And so how do you think that being in Papyrus Theatre and making those shows about women's rights in Afghanistan helped to prepare you for the future work that you were going to make? I had no idea that uh, one day I'll be here in Australia. I was really happy with the work that I was doing in Afghanistan. But, you know, uh, fighting for women's rights in Afghanistan is a, is a really big deal, especially, you know, Taliban around, this, all other Islamic groups around, and they always treated you and, like, got a lot of warning blackmails about stop doing this job. But I was happy and because I found out they wouldn't blackmail me if I wouldn't do anything, you know, big. So it means I'm doing my job right and... I loved it. But, you know, coming here, it wasn't my choice. It was my family's choice. Like they forced me because they cared about me and not being in Afghanistan. And they just asked me for family's sake, for all other friends that care about you. You got to go out of Afghanistan. And I had no idea that I will come here. Then I decided if I go to any other country, I would love to continue my theater and art. And I did a lot of research and I I had some friends here and I thought, well, Australia would be the best to go and discontinue my art. But now I'm so happy to be here. I'm so happy that I have a lot of stories to share with Australian people. You mentioned before that you had to lie to your dad about your university applications. You've had quite a lot of success now. Does your dad know that you lied? 
I've got to say, unfortunately, I lost my dad two years ago okay. while I was in Australia. But the most happiest thing I remember from my dad, the last time I spoke with him on the phone, he told me, my son, I'm proud of you and I'm proud of what you're doing. And through life that I had here, and uh, he told me that I never known, uh, I always thought that art is about being, you know, it's a shameful thing. And the way that they lived and they haven't studied too much. He always told me that I thought art is about dancing or this other stuff. But the thing that you did and I saw it on uh, my mom and my sister's brothers used to show to him the things that you're doing in Australia, you're being on the stage. All other stuff, I'm so proud of you. And I'm so happy that my dad was happy about me and being proud. And I could definitely change his idea about art. And yeah, and I think, yeah, he's proud of me and I'm proud of my dad. <laughs> yeah. And you said you had some friends who were already here and you did a bunch of research. And when you came and arrived in Australia, what was it like to sort of get your foot into the industry and continue your creative practice in a new country? Well, it was a really hard thing. First of all, I did ask my friends, but I didn't ask about like about how arts is going in Australia. I just asked them, how is this country? So I said, like, this is a country full of opportunities if mm. you just come here and take it. But when I arrived uh, for the first time, the, there was an Australian person and I met old lady, very nice lady. And she asked me that, what did you used to do in Afghanistan? And I said, I was a director of cinema and theater. And then she asked me, what is theater? And I was shocked. Yeah. I was like, what do you mean? Uh, what do you mean? <laughs> I, no, the, I was so scared. Like, I hope not all Australian people think like that. It was just, uh, that time I was really scared. But when I just walked into the society and it was really hard for me because I wasn't allowed to do anything like study or just work or go around. So uh, I always wanted to make art. It was really hard for me and it's a really long story, but I was getting depressed. But to be honest, I had to see some psychologists and I told her about everything. I was telling her about my job in Afghanistan. I, mean, I would just want to make art. She knew someone in PYT Fairfield. Karen Trees was the artistic director of PYT Fairfield and she introduced me to Karen. After that, yeah, I got involved in the ensemble, which is a group of young people just gathering together every week and thinking about their arts, what they want to make. It was really fantastic for me. That's the only reason that I, it like helped me to go through this depression. And finally I made it and I got introduced to PYT Fairfield and I can't, uh, it was a kind of survival for me. Yeah, it's a, it's a big journey that you've been on. It is a big journey. What has theatre in Australia taught you about this country? So, theatre taught me art is not that important here, to be honest. You know, we're living in Afghanistan, it's a poor country, but the way they respect art, the way they respect artists, is just totally different. An artist walk proudly. Now I'm in Australia, I'm an artist and I see all other artists. It's a really hard job. It's not well well paid. You gotta work hard. Being an artist deserves more to be respected. Take care of your artists. They are the one who showed you that what is your truly feeling. They are the one who show you the way. They are the one that show you and remind you that what is life about all other this, you know, beauty in life. Because being art, an artist is a talent and not everyone has this talent. 
but you don't make art for yourself. You make art for people. That's what I really want to see in the future in Australia. And that's what I saw, the difference between Australia and Afghanistan, that artists deserve more and they need to be respected more. The Tribunal was your first major experience in theatre in Australia. Yeah. What do you think was the biggest learning from that production? The biggest learning was that when I came here, I uh, suffered a lot as a refugee, being a refugee in Australia, and because that story was the relationship between refugees and uh, Aboriginal people. So I learned a lot about Aboriginal people and Auntie Rhonda which I'll call her my grandmother. She's my Aboriginal grandmother and she told a lot of stories. And one of the other biggest reasons that I survived in this situation living in limbo was when I was thinking about what happened to them like through their history and how they have been living. That just made me think that, wow, what is happening to me is just a small thing. It's nothing and I can handle it so easy compared to what happened to them. Yeah, I think the biggest thing that I learned uh, from that show was that's not fair what's happening and it shouldn't happen but well we can do anything we, we can just say the truth and hopefully people bring some change mm. and I love Auntie Rhonda because every time that she see me and she always say me you're welcome here and she always talks so nicely to me it just makes me feel like I'm in my home so your next show Dori Dari you're acting in it as well as you are a co-divisor yeah. Um, can you tell us about the show and yeah, what it's all about? Dory Dari, which uh, the door means the pearl. So it's the pearl of Dari. And Dari is our language that uh, Afghan people, and it's a part of, uh, it's a branch of Persian language, which just Afghan people speaks in Afghanistan. This show is, it's about our culture and how this culture is like a pearl and very precious for us. How this culture survived through all this. Now it's almost 50 years of wars in Afghanistan. The only thing that we have is that culture. That's the only thing survived because that's the only thing that we, we carry it by our hearts. Poetry is, I can say, it's one of the most important thing in Afghanistan. It's a part of everyday's life in Afghanistan. It's like, you know, you can't live without eating. So it's in Afghanistan, you can't live without poetry. Think if you walk around Afghanistan and you just stop a kid and ask him or ask her if you know any poetry, they will definitely know something. So this show, we try to talk about our culture and how poetry is important in our life. We brought uh, some personal story from our teenage, <laughs> <laughs> how it goes in Afghanistan to be in love, like Afghan Rumi and Juliet, <laughs> and how... We love to sing, we love to dance. It's all about good things about Afghanistan for the first time, that Afghanistan is not all about war, drugs, or all other things. That's what we try to do in this show. And I think we were successful, especially when audience, even Afghan people or Persian-speaking people see this show. They just cry and they're so... But the tears if just because of the happiness. They always come to us and thank us because we remind them of their culture and we show them that this culture will be always alive. What do you think are the things that Australians know about Afghanistan? You're talking about all the wonderful things you want to show in the play. Well, uh, the most things that, of course, they know is, is just what's going on in Afghanistan. War, it's all other things, Taliban and 
you know, killing and all other stuff. But this poetry was when we did this show and they were just shocked, you know, never thought because as I know, I believe that in Australia, poetry is for educated people. In Afghanistan, poetry is for everyone. You don't need to be educated to know poetry. It used to be 90, but I don't know right now, 90% of people of Afghanistan were uneducated, but 100% of them, like all of them knew poetry, mm. you know? So that's the problem here in Australia. It's just, I think they show the kids that you need to educate to know some poetry. I think that is the <laughs> one of the biggest difference here. Yeah, it almost sounds like the way music is here, like everyone experiences different kinds of music, but yes. it's pretty much in most people's lives. What is it about poetry as a form that you're, that you find so special? Let me ask, uh, let me explain it with a question. Have you ever been in a situation that you, you can explain something to mm. someone? Yeah. So that's when you use poetry yeah. because poetry is the easiest way in Afghanistan to explain your feeling, to express when you have problem with the explanation, because in English it's really hard to just you know explain what what you're feeling, but in Persian poetry it's just it's just explained straight away perfectly the way that you want to explain it. Especially the love poetry there, I've never seen people there like you know love couples that they talk like so like you know I love you this this they always talk to their poetry they send to each other the poetry express their feelings which is amazing because mm. yeah that's that's the only special thing poetry helps you when you want to explain a feeling that you cannot do it in the normal way or with your just you know language yeah that's so beautiful <laughs> And for people who aren't from a theatre background, we mentioned before that Dori Dari is a, a co-devised piece. So it was made in the rehearsal room yes. on the floor rather yes. than coming in with a play that's already been written. Oh, uh, no, definitely not. Like we have been yeah. gathering together for one year, every week, mm-hmm. one night, and we had these amazing meals, like Aussie meals, Afghanistan, Persian. We used to just cook and talk talk about everything yeah like all uh, stuff that's happening in afghanistan our teenage stories about everything and we at the end of a year we had this like a lots of you know material it could go for 10 15 hours <laughs> and then we just sat down and we just we chosen which one is better to go to the show you know and then yeah it came up like that because at first it was just a 5 minute show and yeah. now it's a 80 minute show yeah wow the show, it has a Sydney Opera House season. What did you know about the Opera House before you came to Australia? For me, the Opera House was the symbol of Australia. I had no idea about anything else like kangaroos or other stuff and nothing. Just as soon as Opera House, Australia, that's what I see. First time I came here and I think the second day I just came to, I went to Opera House to just look at closely and see like, you know, how it looks and it was amazing. I've got another story about being in Opera House when Please. I was when I was studying in uh, Kabul University. So my teacher uh, showed us this big solemn theater in all over the world, and then Opera House came and and he just told us like you will never get to perform there, but I'm just showing you, you know that this is a really nice place. Well, <laughs> and, well, well. Yes, <laughs> and, uh, well, this is a wrong thing as well because the teacher in Afghanistan they don't encourage you like you can do it, you know. But it's my second time performing in Opera House. But the first time when I went to Opera House, I did text my teacher 
Good on you. Yes. <laughs> Look, do you remember that one day when you were teaching us, you just said, Dad, and now my show is going to Oprah House and I'm performing there. He didn't answer me and he blocked me. <laughs> really? Yes. Oh, my gosh. Well, that person just... Well, I was so happy. I sent my pictures. I was going to say, hopefully you sent a selfie of, with the sales. I the did send. <laughs> yeah. I did send. I did send. And I did send to all of my classmates, to everyone. I'm like, look, you can do whatever you want to do. You just need to keep pushing and do hard work and just think big that and I always tell to Afghan people like I'm so proud to go there as an Afghan person perform there it's, and they can believe it too because it's really big deal opera house you know oh they yeah said, yeah <laughs> <laughs> absolutely now that you've had this dream come true to perform at the opera house what's next in store for you or what are your other dreams well, uh, one of my other dreams is to always, as I wanted to make a theater company, as I made in Afghanistan, because I would love to work with the younger people and talk about acting. And still, that problem that we had in Afghanistan, we have here. Like, can you believe how hard it was for us to look for an Afghan actress here in Australia? I thought we were living in Australia. It's just, you know, democracy, everything. But it's still, most of the Afghan families have the, they think art is something shameful. It's not a good deal for, you know, for us as Afghan people. We really mm, struggled a lot to find an Afghan actress. And finally, we I knew Bibi Gul Musavi, the first actress who was involved in Dori Dari. And yeah, so I would love to work on that and make a theater company and work with the Afghan women and trying to encourage them and make them understand that this is not wrong. Art is not what you think and what your family thinks. It's just something different. And if you really want to be an artist, you got to do it. I'd be keen to know what else you'd like to see on the stages of, you know, Australian theatre stages in the future. I would love to see a lot more performance from, I'm not going to say Afghanistan, but Middle East, because they haven't been given the opportunity to be in such a big stage. And there is a lot of amazing performance. They just need this chance to be on the stage of Opera House. Yeah. And what about the people that you'd like to see? There is a lot of people that I would love to see on the stage of Opera House. Uh, one of them, Hasiba Ibrahimi, this amazing actress who is working with us in Dore Dari. She lived a tough life and she made it all the way here to Australia. And she she's a fighter. She fought for herself in Afghanistan for her rights. And it's really hard. You can imagine it's really hard to be an actress in Afghanistan and be that famous. And she made it here and she did this. One of the shows that I want to see in Oprah House, one of, this is the show that Asiba Ibrahimi did in Kabul. And that time I was here, I'm really upset that I, I missed it and I would love to see that show here. And it was called uh, in Persian Torah Hawaii. And then the English, I think, means Till Freedom. It's this beautiful, unbelievable story about love between Taliban and one Afghan girl. It's just such a beautiful, amazing story. I would love to see Hasiba on the stage because she deserves it. And I would love to see another one, uh, Munira Hashimi, the sisters of my co-worker in Afghanistan. She did a show called The Stars. Now she's living in Sweden. And this show is about four of the most famous Afghan women, uh, which I saw this show in Blacktown. She came all the way from Sweden and did this show in Blacktown. It was just another fantastic story from Afghan woman. It was really amazing and powerful story. I would love to see that show on the stage. 
I would love to see my uh, housemate, Jawa Diakubi. Yeah. <laughs> he's another performer in the Daddy. This guy, when I met this guy, he, he's an uneducated. He didn't study at all, but he the passion that he had. I met him in Indonesia, we became friends and he always wanted to be an artist and he made it all the way to Australia. And now he's, I can honestly say he's better actor than me. He's just unbelievable. He learned so fast. He And his dream is, he always say, man, I want to do my own show in Opera House. I would love to see him on this stage. That would be a biggest dream. And for my Australian friends, uh, Karen Trees, Kaz, there ex-artistic director of PYT Fulfill. I just recently saw her show in uh, Courage Works, uh, Sleeplessness. Such an amazing story. It's just... It, it looks incredible, it, yeah. It was, it was just... I think it's connected to everyone's life. It's just beautiful. It's just beautiful how the story of her life is... I think she deserves to be on the stage of Oprah House. And I would love to see our director, Paul Doaya, on this stage. I saw his uh, theater from long, long time ago. I mean, and he was uh, working, uh, performing with us in Tribunal as well. He's such an amazing actor and director. I'm learning a lot from him. I'm learning a lot because when I came here and I found out that I know nothing, I studied for years, but I still, I know nothing. I'm learning every day. That was Marty Mohammadi, cinema and theater director and co-divisor and performer in Dari Dari. In the next episode, we'll be hearing from writer, teacher and community arts worker Michael Muhammad Ahmed. How do you make a work that addresses all these issues on your own? You can't because I don't inhabit all of those different identities. So you can only make it collaboratively and you can only make it with the communities themselves. I'm Courtney Ammenhauser and this has been Up Next, a podcast from the Sydney Opera House. From Audiocraft, the show is produced by Bernadette Fung Nam Nguyen, mixed by Glenn Morrow, and executive producer is Selena Shannon. From Sydney Opera House, head of digital programming is Stuart Buchanan, and digital programming coordinator is Christy Yip. The Up Next theme music is by Milan Ring. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.